Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Kyle. Hi, I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. I'm Kyle. Hello. And Tio. Hi, I play at Claire Claremont Beauty and Spa. <laughs> and that's actually now I need to go get that handle, don't I? You Dang do. It. Yeah. You got a couple mm-hmm. weeks. You got a couple everyone's weeks. everyone's going to go find it. <laughs> okay, everyone scratch that. Uh, you know what? Hit up the Discord and tell me what the name of Claire Claremont's goop-like store should be. I will take the best option. All right, listeners. Yeah, there you go. Your first task. Get this is comments. Skittles all over again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Starbursts. Oh, that's right. We didn't do Skittles. We did Starburst. This season, it's all it's okay. Skittles. Yeah, this season, it's Skittles. Listeners, tell us your favorite flavors of Skittles and the original flavors. That's right. And if you can tell a difference based on color. Get in the Discord, folks. And I played the Forgotten Vessel. We are going to pick up with Claire. Howdy. You come to curled up in the fetal position on the floor, a puddle of fetid water surrounding you. Your skin is covered in tender red blotches that look somewhere between a squid sucker mark and the rash you get when hot plastic or rubber pulls on your skin. You reek of chlorine and coconut sunscreen. The (laughs) space around you appears to be a derelict laundromat, The black and white square linoleum beneath you is scuffed and peeling in some places, while other sections are covered with piles of debris and refuse. The walls are ringed with faded chrome laundry machines, which, despite their age, are all churning energetically, filled with grimy gray water. As you're surveying your surroundings, one of the machines dings. The door swings open and belches a spray of this gross water, along with several bones, a set of keys, and a mangled machete. The (laughs) door closes again and quickly fills back up with water. And as you're getting your bearings, you can hear a faint rummaging sound nearby. What do you do? I start singing. Okay. You start singing. Uh, Yes. That rummaging sound stops. Essentially, I'm serving as my own bait in this Venus flytrap-esque situation. A siren song. Yes. (laughs) Kind of befitting because the song that popped into my head was actually, I don't know if it's categorized as a song, but it's from The Little Mermaid. The ah, ah, (laughs) that's what Claire is doing. As she's readying herself to attack. So I don't really have like a preparedness thing as much as I definitely won't be caught off guard because my assumption is that this will attract whatever is making that rummaging notion towards me. Are you hiding or anything to try to like get the drop on this person or are you just trying to like draw them to you? Oh, I kind of assumed that I was obscured in some way by a bunch of stuff around me that I'm not like just out in the open alone but correct me uh i think there's a few items in fact actually that net is still wrapped around you uh that you had used to sort of cloak yourself but you know nets they don't totally obscure things so you're probably visible right now there's plenty of areas where you could take cover but I'm, i'm curious if that's your intent oh yeah no i my assumption was that i was kind of obscured so yeah i go like kind of hide behind things as I'm singing. So I'm not immediately visible, but like someone could start to kind of gain on where I am. I'd, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather be the one to attack than have to like go searching for whatever's making this rummaging noise. I think this is probably a save your skin roll then. If you wanted to make an argument for hoodwink, I could see that as well, but I'm inclined towards save your skin. Let me just uh, let me just pull up my PDFs and see which one is better for me. <laughs> Probably hoodwink, but yeah, 
Hoodwink is going to be significantly better for me. I mean, I am being calculating, yeah. I would argue. If you were just hiding, it would definitely be savior skin. But since you're sort of singing and I, I get kind of like a cat and mouse vibe, I, I think Hoodwink works. This is like uh, listeners and folks on the call. Have you ever done the thing where you walk into your house and you feel like someone's there? So instead of like being scared, you go like, I know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> come out, come out wherever you are. Because I do that occasionally. Yeah, totally. You go into the bathroom and just punch the shower curtain. Ha ha! Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a seven. And is oh, that using your plus chaos because of your unfathomable move? No. Oh. That would be a nine. Okay, well, same result, but higher number. <laughs> yeah. It feels better. So on a seven to nine, your ploy works, but I will introduce a complication or consequence. I think the consequence is that You'll see this person first, but they're going to quickly see you. So you're going to have the advantage, but you don't have time to sort of like hide and calculate. I think I, I probably look around and find some, not boxes, but like things stacked up and I'm hiding behind them and, and I'm still covered in a net. So I'm almost imagining that I have the net over me and I'm crouching. So if someone is expecting to see a human because they're hearing a voice, they're going to be looking at eye level. And I'm not at eye level, I'm crouching. And I have my rendering nails out through the gaps in the netting. And I'm essentially ready to like swipe at whatever it is, his feet, just like slice them and let them bleed out. Rending nails or... Rending nails. Sorry, not rendering nails. Well, it is absurd, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, actually, kind of both, because like I said, they're like cat nails, right? They kind of come out. Yeah. They're claws. They come out when needed. You bake in like a blood simulation and then you render it with your nails. Yeah, I like rendering. (laughs) They like just manifest out, pixelate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So you're you're sort of in this position of cover here and around the corner of a row of these washing machines comes a wiry older woman with fading auburn hair and she has you know those like extendo like stretch grabber things, the kid toys? Mhm. Uh, she mm-hmm. has one of those and she is kind of like poking different piles of junk and uh she comes around the corner and says, "Now I know you're in here." I'm not scared of you. (laughs) (laughs) Using the T.O. (laughs) tactic. Sorry, did I interrupt you? Were you going to say something else? Nope. No, you have. This is sort of your moment. She's coming your way and, you know, mechanically, she's going to sort of spot you here in a minute, but you have some time to act. Okay. You know, T.O., a question for you here. Does Claire know Jackie? Oh, Oh, it's Jackie. Okay, here's what I think happens. I think Jackie knows Claire. I don't think Claire remembers Jackie. (laughs) Everyone Mm. knows Claire. Like, Claire has absolutely met Jackie and had conversations with Jackie multiple times and just does not remember it every single time. So that's where I think we're at. (laughs) Even though Claire doesn't recognize uh, who this is, I think she takes a look at this person and goes like, that's not your stereotypical baddie. (laughs) And yes, Claire generalizes and stereotypes. She's the worst, okay? She's (laughs) the worst. I think she, she stays crouched. And she still has her nails out, but I think she decides to use her voice in a different way. She's stopped singing and is just like, I'm not looking for a fight if you aren't. Jackie whips around, points the extendo grabber your direction and says, what are you doing in there? Why, why are you hiding, hiding in the junk like a weirdo? It seemed like a good defensive maneuver at the time. I mean, that's, that's fair. That's fair, darling. Why don't, why don't you come on out? Let me get a, a better look at you. Uh, I don't mean you any harm either. I, I was just um, perusing the local wares here. <laughs> Huh, okay. 
I'm just going to say I'm going to be so mad if we end up fighting after we've we've come to terms here and it will make my fighting more aggressive if it's on unequal footing and she gets <laughs> All up. right, don't don't worry, darling. Don't worry. I'm not going to hoodwink you or anything. <laughs> That's Tio oh, laughing, mm. not Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I think Claire like kind of gets up and relaxes. She's still slightly on guard, like she like she said, uh, she will turn it ugly if needed. But she's she's fairly confident that this doesn't need to be a fight. Oh, Claire, what are you doing here? Hey, you! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, you know, I could ask you the same thing. I, I just, I mean, I just told you what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm looking around from found treasure and all that. You know, you never know what you're going to find in the old laundromat. How did you get in here, though? Like, how did you literally get here? She looks over her shoulder at the front door, which is open. <laughs> I, 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 walk, I walked in. How did you get here? Mm, I took a different path. Just to be clear, sorry, Tio here, just clarifying. I, this is where I ended up after being consumed, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, after okay. you were taken into the pool kraken, uh, yes, I don't know that you have a lot of memory. You know, I th- I think it probably felt pretty similar, actually, to your womb simulator. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> but presumably, I-, I think you can probably ascertain, given the behavior of the washing machines, you came out of one of those. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, I certainly came in a different way. Um, I was consumed by some sort of entity at the bottom of the pool, which, to be fair, you know, they tell you to be careful about entities at the bottom of pools, so that's not entirely unexpected. But yes, I, 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 I seem to have found myself here unintentionally. Wait, you tangled with the pool, Kraken? I did, yes, I and did. And you lived? You lived to tell the tale? Goodness, Claire, I didn't think you had it in you. Darling, <laughs> you don't get to be... Where I am with my engagement numbers, if you can't handle a little <laughs> pool kraken. Pool kraken doesn't give a shit about engagement. I mean, it'll engage you plenty good, but I don't think it cares about your spa followers. I've I've heard different. You know, everyone could use a little good PR. You know, uh, so. I hey, I guess you know. What do I know? You're the one who who lived to tell the tale. How how'd you do it? Uh, I employed. Some very good artistic license to blend into the pool kraken surroundings. You know what they say, like when you can't beat them, join them. I took that advice literally. And uh, my quick fashion skills really, really saved me in a pinch. I, I basically convinced the pool kraken that I was of its kind. Yes. Hmm. Hadn't thought to try that one. Intentionally getting eaten and all, but... Uh... <laughs> Suppose if I wind up there, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yes, hot tip from me. Make sure to credit me, though, if you like tell that story somewhere else of, of how you escaped. Of course, I'm not going to steal your credit or anything. I'm not an asshole. You're right. Uh, knowing you the way that I know you, you're definitely not <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> Tempted to make you roll a hoodwink, but we're going to move, we're gonna move <laughs> on. <laughs> Let me ask here. Uh, do, you, do you come here often looking for things? Uh, I, I mean, won't I, tell. I won't tell. I'm just curious. I make my rounds all all over, you know, the back alley. This is one of my spots. Uh, you know, not too many people know about this place. Come here. It's, you know, it doesn't have the, the charm or, uh, you know, the odor of a, a nice place to be, but uh, I like it. 
You ever see anyone else come out of one of these machines the way I just did? Nope. I mean, she walks over and kicks the like bones that got belched out of the one machine. She's like, pretty much just this way. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, all right. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Oh, there were some keys belched out too. I mean, oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm going to look around for the keys. (laughs) They're on the floor next to Jackie's feet. I grab them. Okay. Yeah, it's a set of keys. Unclear what it belongs to. I also, I'm going to do one, one, sorry, I'm doing one more thing. No, I'm really creative means. licensing it up uh, this time around. I pull out of my back pocket a very cute unfoldable notebook. Okay. And I quickly sketch what the skeleton looks like. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't describe it as a skeleton so much as mm. like a pile of loose bones, which oh. look oh, vaguely wow. human on sort of first blush. I should just take one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's gross. It's icky. Uh, okay, I will, fine. I will sketch the bones to be able to count later how many there were and whatnot, but I'm also just going to grab one. So I'm essentially walking out of this place holding keys and a human bone. As you're sketching, Jackie's uh, like poking around and just like you see her uh, push around a few piles like she's pushing food around a plate. And at one point you hear her go like, oh, and she grabs like a necklace from a pile of like miscellaneous debris and bones. And she puts it in a a sack that she has tied to her belt. Yeah. And she's she uh, as you've sort of just taken this break to uh, sketch things out, she's continuing around the room doing her scrounging. I mean, I have no moral qualms with that. That's good. (laughs) You tell her on your way out. Yeah. I have no moral qualms with this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I frequently have the urge to put townsfolks down the well, so I really can't, you know. Is there anything else that you do here, or are you sort of on your way out? I think I'm on my way out. I I, I don't think I'm rushing, though. So, like, if Jackie wants to, like, catch me to say one more thing, I'm, I'm, you know, meandering. I'm slowly making my way out. Yeah, I think as you're heading out, I think she notices you're you're leaving. She's like, "Oh, uh, hey, uh, Claire, you uh, you hear anything about that bus that's going around?" Why do you ask? I've got a uh, an associate who's looking for it. You know, just was curious if you heard anything or saw anything. I'd pass it along to her. Sure. I mean, I to to be honest, I'm also looking into the bus thing, so I'd be very curious to know who else is on this detail. Okay, well, maybe you could help her. Name's uh, name's Max. Kind of wears like really weird, mismatched clothes all the time. He's got a big sword. Mm, yes, yes, and never has the proper sword accoutrement for it. Yes, I'm well aware. Well aware. You need a accoutrement moms for your sword. Well, you don't need anything other than food, water shelter and a very good hairstylist but (laughs) some people like to add to the list for life so yes got it all right uh hey claire one more thing do you have any idea where you're 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 going oh no not at all yeah okay uh do you you know want help maybe (laughs) oh yes sure that sounds delightful all right here Follow me and uh, stay close, okay? She has like a strap on her back and she puts the extendo grabber there and pulls out like a big crowbar and (laughs) steps out of the laundromat into the narrow alleyway leading out. 
Let's jump to Duncan. Yes, hello. This is my new Duncan voice. <laughs> this is post-screaming fog Duncan. Ah-ha! Ah! <laughs> yes! Uh, I, okay, I like it. What? <laughs> Duncan, you are boarded up in a pretty mundane-looking craftsman. You had been pressing the woman you've been with who, I don't think we've gotten around to discussing her name yet, but I want to give her one so I can stop describing her as the woman you're with. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to go with Sam after Goblin Mixtape on Twitter. Thank you, Sam, for tweeting about the show. Hooray. Great handle. Tremendous handle. You'd been trying to get her to disclose some details about her jury summons. And when you pressed her for rolls of red tape shot out of her mouth in a very surreal alien way, and now she's sort of sitting by the door quietly. Is there anything you'd like to do as you're waiting out the screaming fog? Well, I don't really want to press her anymore, but I think Duncan will just kind of awkwardly and to pass time so that he's not just standing in the same hallway, explore the house a little bit. Because so far it's been been empty, but he's worried that either the inhabitant didn't make it back or is in trouble somewhere. You take a look around the house. It's pretty nondescript. In the kitchen, I think you can see some some dinner plates that have been laid out. There's there's food there and there's signs of, of disarray. Go ahead and give me a roll to assess reality. Yeah, and as he as he leaves, he kind of the red tape, the scream happens. There's a moment of silence and he kind of like, well, I'll leave you to it. I'm gonna go check out the house. And as he's going around, he will kind of yell back comfortingly. Alright, I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, there's some plates and stuff in here. I'm going to assess reality now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, These God. new dice, they're beautiful. A gift for finishing season one. But I have rolled a grand total of a three. Oh, Yay. no. I am going to say pick two questions, uh, but somewhere all of the answers that I give you will be inaccurate. Okay. I will choose what happened here and... Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? Yeah, so I think you can see that there was a family eating dinner here. Things look to be sort of in disarray. It looks like they left in a hurry. You don't see any sign of them. You look around the kitchen, you look in the living room, you go upstairs, they're not in any of the bedrooms. All the windows are are sealed shut and it does look like, you know, all of the sigils have been done properly. You're looking around and I think as you are searching, you discover in one of the closets downstairs an entrance to the crawl space. Oh. There's a lot of stuff in this closet. It's all been pushed to the side. It looks like it was recently opened. Hmm. Are there any dangers you haven't noticed? Uh, possibly something in this crawl space. That's probably the lie, and it's just fine. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> He's curious. He's going to pop out his digital camera and try to kind of peek through the camera, either turning on its light or enacting its night vision mode. Yeah, you pop open the trap door and, and activate the night vision on your digital camera and uh, and poke it down there. And you see a standard crawl space. It's very claustrophobic. Down in the far end, you can see what looks to be like a cellar door. Oh, on the, in the wall or another? Yeah, so the trap door goes down into this crawl space. And then in the crawl space at the far end, you can see what appears to be like a cellar door. It's sort of a break in the wall. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what you can see. Is crawl space, can I walk or is it short, like a little crawl space with a little door at the end? I mean, you wouldn't have to like army crawl. You could probably be on like hands and knees. Okay. I'll just call out a little bit to Sam. 
I'm going to crawl around down here. I'll be right back. If I'm not back soon, come, come find me. This is a good talk. I'm glad we're friends. <laughs> There's no response. All right. I'll, I'll be back because I promise we're going to help you with the jury thing. Okay. Okay, here we go. I crawl to the cellar door. It's pretty close quarters. You know, there's like a, a musty scent. I, I think as you are sort of moving forward, you can feel like the dust and grime down here. Yeah. You know, there's a foul odor. I think, you know, the rats have been hanging out here. But yeah, you reach the cellar door. And I don't think it's immediately clear if from this side, these sigils have been painted on. Oh, this is like a storm cellar popping back up? Yeah, this presumably would exit out of the house. Gotcha, gotcha. I rest my hand on it, feeling for maybe rattling of wind or anything like that. Yeah, I think actually, Duncan, you're familiar enough with the fog. You can tell it's receding. The wails, the screams, the shrieks are slowly growing more distant. I'm going to slowly kind of creak this cellar door open and try to just peek. You peek this door open. You can't see the fog anymore, but you can hear it on the wind. It's, it's receding back into the bay. A relatively brief intrusion into town. Whew. I also think that you see Sam, the juror, running down the street. Oh. Sam, Sam, oh, hey, wait, Sam, wait up, wait, wait, wait up, wait up, wait up. Uh, I burst out of, the, out of the cellar and try to just like quick pack my camera away into my bag so I can run after her. She is sprinting down the street and she doesn't seem to be paying attention to what you're saying. I don't want her to get hurt, and maybe there's something that she knows about the bus. So I just want to try to keep, not necessarily sprint enough to, like, catch up to her to stop her, but sprinting with her. Yeah, I'm trying to think if this is a role. I don't think that it is. Like, she's running very fast. She is sprinting at a speed that a, a normal sort of human could sprint, but she's definitely going full bore. But there's no danger, so mm -hmm. I don't think you need to face fear. You know, just tell me, paint me a little picture of what this looks like as you sort of tailor through town. Yeah, I think that she's sprinting with maybe, maybe not inhuman speed, but like inhuman determination. Yeah, yep. And Duncan is like, for the first 100 meters, just like running and trying to get his camera in his bag at the same time. Sam, Sam, wait. Okay, wait. Okay. <sighs> and then kind of breathing heavily as as this not quite middle-aged but not young fellow tries to keep up with with sam and every now and then maybe someone peeks a head out of a door or through a window and if duncan notices he just kind of like gives a nod and a wave he goes it's receding okay sam as he kind of runs with a, a lope it's not a graceful sprint <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you chase Sam down these streets. I think, you know, she's going faster than you, especially over time, but it's like, yeah. it's not so fast that you're losing. Like, you can still see her. She's just getting further ahead of you. Maybe some corners Duncan can kind of cut through a little bit and shave a little time as she's running yeah, down yeah. the middle of streets. Mm -hmm. You're barely keeping pace, you know, shouting at these people who I think are pretty nonchalant at this point about the screaming fog and people running through the street screaming. And finally, Duncan, you turn a corner and you realize up ahead of you is the skate park. And Sam actually at this point stops, looks back at you just briefly, and you can see her eyes are glowing like a really bright white light. And she opens her mouth and a amplified fax sound comes out. And then she turns around. Those four bits of red tape shoot out of her mouth. 
Two of them go one direction, two of them go the other. They grab hold of lampposts and Sam basically Spider-Man leaps into the skate park. And as she does, you see flickering into view just at the far end of the park, the bus. I just get to the edge as she turns around and does that. Hands on my knees. I just, I'm just trying to help. Oh God. Oh, bus. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 4 of Monster Hour. I am Tickled Pink, Purple, and the unmentionable color outlawed by the City Council, to share with you all that we passed 100,000 downloads this week. It is an incredible milestone, one that we couldn't have imagined when we launched this podcast almost three years ago, and which truly wouldn't have been possible without the support of each and every one of you. We solemnly swear to make the next 100,000 even weirder, wackier, and more unexpectedly heartfelt. To celebrate this milestone, we are going to be releasing a special bonus episode on our podversary this coming Tuesday, August 2nd. Keep an eye on your feed for that spooky goodness coming your way. I want to give a special shout out this week to Ryan and Yolande Marie, the latest initiates of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, aka our Patreon. A huge thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping to make Season 2 a reality. Thanks to the support of our patrons, we are thrilled to welcome the talented Ian Malden on board as our new editor. Ian is the star keeper and editor over on Shrimp and Crits, and we are incredibly lucky, and as a new dad, I personally am incredibly grateful to have him as part of our team. In honor of Ian, we shine our community spotlight this week on Shrimp and Crits, one of the best dang Monster of the Week podcasts out there. Hey, sorry to interrupt your favorite podcast, but I'm here to tell you about Shrimp and Crits, an actual play podcast with a southern twist. My name is Ian, and I am the keeper for this show as we play Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. If you like the sound of swampy monster mayhem, gators gone shopping, and magical fairy mischief, you will be right at home in the remote panhandle town of Gullicochica, Florida, where spooky danger has begun to wash ashore. Shrimp and Crits is the story of Sarah Payne the Mundane. All I'm asking for is answers. That's all I'm looking for is the truth. Ari Green the Searcher. You know the proclamations of the fame. I suggest you follow them from now on. And Ray Ray, the most mundane monstrous you will ever meet. Mr. Zeus, I'm a I'm a big fan. I, I knew you were I knew you were real. Um, and Ray Ray's just like bowing in front of this swan. As they fumble their way through protecting their skeptical town from mysterious evils. We release new episodes every other Monday on the podcatcher of your choice. Hope to see you soon in sunny Gullicocha. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in August 9th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Max, after another interminable moment hurtling through the slipstream of time, you and Elodie land in another temporally stabilized section of the bus. Unlike the previous segments, this section is not more or less geospatially linear. It reaches back a couple rows of seats before splitting into numerous paths that, like spindly, spidery gangways, wind and wind their way out into the blackness. These branches sway back and forth like a sea of kelp meandering over and through one another in such a way that you can't actually tell how many there are. And in the distance, they stretch out and disappear the same way that Jeremy's foot did in between sections. Just before this schism, there are two things that catch your eye. The first is there is a closed door to your left. 
similar to the front door. And the second is that perched in one of the misshapen bus seats is a very large black cat. And it is smiling at you. Yeah, I'm going to go check out the giant cat. Yeah, Elodie is also in motion, and I think she, like, throws an elbow to, like, try to get ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what do I have to roll to get ahead of Elodie? (laughs) Um, Fight for your life. (laughs) That seems a little extreme. (laughs) It is. Uh, Why don't you just give me a roll plus pluck? (laughs) Okay. Not a formal move, just, you know. Just roll. Okay. I'm going to mark an anomaly. (laughs) Okay. To push yourself? Yes. This seems like a gross misuse of it, but all right. This is very important. Very important. Hey, if you want to. Eve, Hannah, I mean, Max, a cat. Yes, this is very important to me, Quinn. All right. Well, it's a seven, and I definitely needed the (laughs) Okay, on a seven to nine, the two of you, like uh, small children fighting, just push and shove and push and shove and wind up getting there at exactly the same time. Well, shit. Okay, (laughs) we are in front of a large cat. And it is smiling. A big, overly large smile that runs ear to ear. Yeah, yeah. Kind of Cheshire style. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh Hello, giant cat. Hail and well met. Its tail flits back and forth a few times. Can can I can I pet you? You look very soft. Quinn, can I pet the giant cat? Yeah. You reach out your hand and touch the cat and go ahead and give me a roll. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh you pet the cat and I think it starts to purr a little bit and around you the whole space kind of starts to vibrate. Vibrate how? Like the bus is hit like a speed bump and is just kind of shaken or the whole bus is kind of vibrating in and out of frequency. More like the latter, you know, like if the bus was revving its engine, it's kind of like that, but much more comprehensive, I would say. Okay. All right. Uh, Quinn, also, when we're talking about giant kitty cat, is this like panther sized kitty cat? No, no. A large, a large house cat. Large house cat. Okay, for some reason I had this idea in my head that I was like reaching up to scratch this cat under its chin. It's it's okay. Oh it's yeah, a large I pictured a like Clifford the big red dog size cat. Uh, as well. Sorry, I should <laughs> I, I should be more specific when playing Absurdia. Yeah, it yeah. is it is a large house cat. What we would consider a large cat. Correct. I am familiar okay. with large house cats. Having one in my possession, uh, I would like to scratch the giant cat under its chin a little bit. And as I do, I go, are you the one making the bus this way? Are you the one making the bus this way? (laughs) Who's a good kitty witty? Let's see. What role should I have you do here? (laughs) Embrace kitty. Embrace kitty. (laughs) Why don't you give me a role, Max, to assess reality? Okay. I will not push myself, though I wish to push myself. That's probably not a good use. Of my essence. Uh, Seven. Another seven. On a seven to nine, hold one. I would like to know who or what is really in control here. The cat has a tag on it. Oh, okay. Who do you belong to? And I look at the tag. What does the tag say? The tag says, Mare McMeow. If lost, please return to City Hall. 
Okay, return to City Hall. I guess that means we gotta get off the bus with the cat. I scratch the cat under the chin and I go, Can I pick you up, Mr. Kitty Witty? Can I pick you up? The cat meows and bears its teeth a little bit. And Elodie's like, Max, you're irritating it, Max. I'm just asking a question. Okay, not gonna pick you up, Mr. Kitty Witty. And I go and I pet it again. Do you wanna come with us? And come with us, check out the bus? The cat meows again. It had been sitting. It stands up and it kind of circles around, slightly agitated a couple times. Mm-hmm. It puts up a paw to the leather seat mm-hmm. and you can hear its claw start to like scratch down some of the leather. And very, very slowly, it carves out a message to you and to Elodie. Mm-hmm. It says simply, find me. As this happens, those spindly winding passageways start to whip back and forth, agitated. And that hum, that vibration starts to grow. The cat turns around, sits down, looks at you one more time, this big smile still on its face, meows once, and then disappears. Oh, cat hunt, cat hunt. Gotta go find a cat. Love it. Okay. <laughs> Elodie's like, what? Where did, where did it go? Where did the cat go, Max? Well, we have to go find it. I think where it went is uh, where we have to go. Elodie has stopped listening to you, and mm-hmm. uh, she has run to the base where all of these passageways meet. And it looked like she was going to run straight forward, but then she stopped. And you can see, as your nose had sort of been pulled... All the appendages on her body are starting to get pulled in different directions down these different pathways. I mean, is she like she's doing this on purpose, right? She's trying to go down one of them or Mm. has she gotten herself into a a little bit of trouble? Give me a roll to assess reality. Okay, (laughs) I will do that. I will assess reality. I'm looking. I'm looking respectfully. That (laughs) is a six. Yikes. On a miss, you might reveal crucial information, or I might have you ask two questions but give you some information that is inaccurate. I'm going to go with a simplified miss here, Max, which is that you don't know if this is intentional or not. Cool. Good rolls today. <laughs> I'm walking towards her. I'm not I'm not sauntering. I'm walking with purpose. This is a power walk. Elodie, do you need my help? She turns around... But as she does, different frames of her face freeze in different spots. Ah. So there's like five copies of her. And the last one is sort of frozen in a petrified screen, but there's no sound. And about two dozen different thin threads are pulling off of her body. That seems bad. I guess fine. 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 I mean, she's never going to say thank you, but fine. (laughs) Fine. I would like to try and save Elodie from being shattered into 12 pieces. I think at this point, it's a role to embrace chaos. With the the meows of the giant house cat echoing in my ears. (laughs) I would like to embrace the chaos. That's an 11. On a 10 plus, you get to choose two options from the list. I would like to briefly wield this power's effect and subvert the power to achieve my ends. So take plus one forward. What are you doing with this power's effect? It's difficult because I also don't want to get turned into 
thyme string cheese. But I'm I'm reaching forward and I think there's kind of a, a feeling of even though I've dropped out of time and I don't have control over my powers the way I used to, is that I'm tapping into that feeling that I had when I was able to time travel. And so part of that is concentrating on like gathering all of her essence in these varying timelines and trying to pull her back. Yeah, Max, I think you grab hold of Elodie and you feel through her, you feel yourself pulled and and split almost in not a discrete number, but a significant amount of different ways. Mm -hmm. Like you feel fractured and fractal, splintered at the very core of your being. But you've sort of braced yourself and you gather up the essence of Elodie and wrench her back from the precipice and the two of you fall backwards back into the seats away from this this mass, this tangled web of kelp-like gangways of this bus that have sort of splintered out and are writhing back and forth. Mm-hmm. It looks like an like an angry jellyfish, basically. Okay. Uh, you know, like a jellyfish that. caught in a tornado. <laughs> you know. A, a gelnado, if you will. Yes. So you wrench Elodie free. The vibe does not appear to improve with your action. (laughs) The loud hum of the bus is increasing in volume and the rapidity with which these passageways whip back and forth is mounting. Okay, I would like to assess reality and I have a plus one forward on that. Uh, What are you looking to learn specifically? I want to see where I can go to get the cat. So my question for you is how are you doing that? Like, what are you doing? Are you just looking around? Well, one of the uh, assess reality is definitely like, what's my best route? My yeah. assumption is that by inspecting the gelnado, I can see how to continue towards the rear of the bus without getting like time whammied. Sure. Give me a roll to assess reality. Okay. And I'm using my plus on forward from my embrace chaos. Come on, tiny little dice. It'll be an eight. Uh, hold one. I would like to know what is my best route towards Mayor Meow's or Pants, Mister Meow. Mayor McMeow. Mayor McMeow. Okay. <laughs> Mayor Mistopheles. <laughs> uh, Magical Mayor Mistopheles. <laughs> I don't know if it's immediately clear where the cat went. Okay. If you assume that the cat is further back in this bus. I I don't think there is any safe path based on what just happened to Elodie. I mean, to put it in time terms, this is like dozens of anomalous timelines manifest in a angry entity. But I have to find the cat. As a fan of your character, your best route may lie elsewhere. Perhaps off the bus. Okay. I know that there was a door there. Yes. I would like to inspect the door. Yeah, it's a a sort of sliding manifold door. It's got one crease in it. Through the windows of the door, you just see the same sort of inky blackness. But there is a bus stop pull cord next to it. I'm going to pull the bus cord. Yeah. That door slides open. You find yourself looking down. It takes you a moment to sort of get your bearings of where you are. But you're actually looking directly down on the somewhere skate park. Because the bus is is midair doing some sort of spin above the skate park. The bus is doing some sweet tricks and sick flips over a skate park. Yes. Okay. How far above the skate park am I? Oh, not that high right now. Somewhere between five and ten feet. 
Okay, so if I tuck and roll, probably going to be okay. I might take some cuts and scrapes. Okay. Well, I look back at Elodie, who is... Uh, she's screaming on the ground. <laughs> is she back in one piece, though? Mm-hmm. So why is she screaming, Quinn? Uh, unclear. But, yeah, she's just kind of screaming. Is it like a, ah, or like a, ah? Oh, no, like a full-throated, yeah, terror. Okay, and no, like, like before I leave the bus, no cat? There's no sign of the cat. Just that message etched into the seat. Fine, Pete. Okay. Uh, as much as it pains me to do this, this is the last favor that I'm doing for her. Because I could leave her on this fucking bus. I could leave her on. She's a time traveler. She would be fine. I grab Elodie and I go, Elodie, tuck and roll. And I jump off the bus. Uh, and we see the two of you leap from this bus as it is mid sick flip. And we get a freeze frame of you in the air and this bus sailing <laughs> out through the skate park. Claire, before you were waylaid by the screaming fog, the pool kraken and the laundromat, you had expressed an interest in going to City Hall to try to learn more about bus stops. Is that still what you would like to do, or would you like Jackie to try to take you somewhere else? Where would you like Jackie to let you out in town? Well, now I know that Max is also exploring this, but mm -hmm. I guess Jackie doesn't know where Max is, so that's not going to work. Yeah, I think I'd still want to explore that. City Hall? Yep. None of us know it yet, but I think that's the best plan we have yet so far. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So Jackie leads you down a series of narrow winding alleyways, stairwells that go down into cellars that open up into sewer tunnels that lead to more alleyways. Uh, but eventually she leads you to what looks like um, not a cellar door, but like two sort of angled plastic covers. And she pushes both of them up and the two of you poke your heads out and you are in a dumpster outside of City Hall. Okay. All right, that'll be, uh, let's see. Uh, Max gave me two gold doubloons, so uh, I think uh, one gold doubloon sounds fair, right? I would also accept 120 pogs. I'll tell you what, why don't I give you half a doubloon and two points on any merch that I create <laughs> in the next week based on the experiences we had here today? Mm, five points, no expiration date. Well, look who's a good negotiator. <laughs> uh, clearly, this is why we know each other. Uh, <laughs> we do know, We do know each other. Why are you saying it weird like? <laughs> I'm just admiring our entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we two best buds. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll give you 10 points for the rest of the month. All right. She spits in her hand deal mm, i like wrap whatever i have nearby on my palm and shake okay <laughs> she looks at you a bit oddly but she she shakes your hand uh, all right half the gold doubloon now yes i pull out half a gold doubloon i imagine i have money i mean i am a wealthy influencer i don't think that's a hard stretch yeah in absurdia like whatever economy you decide uh which for us is some combination of Trade, barter, gold doubloons, and pogs. Um, 
is uh, you're, you're assumed to generally have enough money to sort of get by on a on a normal basis. So, um, yeah, you have you have uh, half a gold doubloon. I like to imagine that given the, the world we live in, it's literally just like a cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just it's actually oh, yeah. half of one, but it yeah, is totally. accepted as currency. Oh, That's like, like uh, pieces of eight. Oh, I was going to say like yeah. the medallions in uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I like to envision somewhere there's like um probably somewhere in the back alley. There's someone with like a, a really big paper cutter. Those ones that are like on the cutting board and they're like big machetes that are sort of strapped to the thing. There's one of those and someone's whole business is like professionally cutting <laughs> the balloons in half to a very precise metric. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Jackie takes the half of the balloon, inspects it, puts it in her in her satchel and uh, she says, all right. Have a have a nice trip and, you know, try not to get eaten by the pool kraken again. Well, nowadays I have a hack for that. That's true. If you want to test it twice. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, stay safe. Have fun. And uh, I'll I'll be back to collect my points later. I don't think you understand how that works. Yes. Yes. We'll we'll set it up. I'll need to have your full legal name for tax document purposes. But we'll deal with that later. It's just Jackie. Yes, yes, of course, Jackie. No, I mean their last name. But we'll get, we'll get to that later. Don't worry. And then she just kind of like mentally goes, Jackie, Jackie. <laughs> All right. You take care, sweetheart. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. And she shuts the garbage bin door behind her. Incredible. Claire, you are at the back of City Hall. Back where you started. <laughs> Yay! Where it all began. You might be wondering, how did I get in this situation? <laughs> oh, God. It all started where we are now. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about this person that you are going to go see. Oh boy. Yeah, I think you had described them previously as like a um a bureaucratic fortune teller, something yes. along those lines, <laughs> I which that. I think we yes. agreed would fit well as uh, some form of bureaucrat. Yes. Essentially, it's someone who via a combination of institutional knowledge, political diplomacy and magic can t- can can craft the best path for you to do the thing you want to do. And in our case, it's we need to have a bus stop. We need to create a bus stop for the bus to stop at. So it's like mm-hmm. someone has a stack of forms, like a tarot deck. Yes. Like pulls <laughs> yes. you a tarot drawing, but it's different, like... 1094 form. Oh Here's God. a scheduled KH21 <laughs> form. These are what you need to fill out to accomplish your goals today. Well, I know I'm almost imagining that the stat. Okay, here's how this works. Okay, there's a, a and Quinn, feel free to stop me at any time, but I'm just going to paint a tableau Please. for you here. Okay. When you enter City Hall, there is <laughs> immediately to your left, almost too much to your left, as if it shouldn't be physically possible for a door to be that close to the Loving entrance, so far. but there it is. It's all the way around to your left. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Is a very tiny door down a long, narrow hallway that is intentionally built to be claustrophobic. And when you approach it, there's one of those old-timey doorbell ringers. You ring it. A person appears. They ask you what your business is. You um, usually have about 30 seconds to give your pitch. And then a very tiny little, like they like, they maneuver a latch and open what looks like the desk they've been sitting at, but it's just essentially like a swinging door and let you in. Again, very tiny space. And then you walk back down a hallway, 
turn to the right, turn to the right, turn to the right. Enter a small room that is encased in darkness. There are no windows. There is a circular black table in the middle with a beautiful draped uh, tablecloth that looks like it's way too expensive for whatever this tiny, terrible room is. And a portrait of every mayor of the city is hanging in this room. Somewhere doesn't have a mayor. The city council, (laughs) praise be, is supreme. Yes, but these are portraits of the mayor. There is just no mayor. So what are these portraits of? You don't know. It just Amazing. says that it's portraits of the mayor. Love it. Please continue. <laughs> it just says the mayor underneath. It's yes. all different stuff. <laughs> yeah. One is a building. One is a mountain. It's just <laughs> a little question mark of the mayor. On the, the mayor? Is this yeah. the mayor? And then you sit down. A person enters. This is the bureaumancer. And they have with them printed out all of the sheets that you must fill out in order to do the thing you want to do. And those are placed off to the side. And then they have a a deck of cards similar to tarot cards, but not tarot cards. Let's be very clear. Mm -hmm. Separate process. And as they go through pulling cards from the deck, they will be able to tell you things like, ah, this is the symbol for death. When this card comes up with this card, it means that the environmental review for your building (laughs) will kill this project. You will not be able to move forward. And so on and so on until you finally have made it through your full reading. And as the bureaumancer is reading the fortune of, of the bureaucratic process for you, the pages start to fill themselves out. I adore every bit of this. May I add two things? Absolutely. This is the customer service desk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it is staffed by the Beeromancer William, one of our Mm -hmm. Patreon supporters. Thank you, William. Thanks, Will. I want art of a bureaucratic tarot deck. A Beeromancer deck? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What I really want, I don't know if we can do this. Uh, Hannah, you know tarot, right? I I don't. I do know. A, a bit. I I would love to do it like a quick tarot draw and have you tell Tia what the prognosis is. <laughs> is that too much? Do you want me to go get my deck? Give me a few minutes. I mean, I'm down <laughs> if you're down. Okay. Incredible. Okay, I've appropriately picked out my cat tarot deck because that seems Amazing. on brand for, for this one. Uh, Claire, you are headed into to customer service to go see William the Bureaumancer, who I assume you've seen once or twice before. Before we get to this tarot, this definitely is a call for aid role. So when you seek out specialized help or resources, choose an asset and roll with the faction. The help and resources for bureaucracy are credentials and access, historical records, specialized equipment, status and privilege. I think historical records, if you're looking for where bus stops used to be, or specialized equipment if you're looking to make one, either of those would work. But go ahead and give me a roll with your reputation with bureaucracy. Oh, we can't push ourselves on faction roles. Is that right? That is correct. There are certain playbooks that have moves that allow them to push themselves on faction moves, but uh, most folks can't generally. That's all right, because that is an eight. (laughs) Okay. Yay. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. On a hit, they will provide you what you need in exchange for a debt. So you owe William a debt. And then on a seven to nine, they either demand payment up front or only have a lesser version of what you need. I think a lesser version of what you need probably makes sense because as Walker explained, you know, bus stops haven't been around for a while. And so even the bureaucracy is going to only have some degree of of what you're looking for. 
let's go with that, I think. I don't think customer service William, the Beeromancer, is going to demand payment up front. I think he likes <laughs> to hold on to his chits. We pay taxes. Um, Claire pays taxes, right? Does anyone pay taxes? <laughs> Claire pays tribute. That's right. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Um, so you approach this, sorry, remind me how you described it, the actual place where William resides. Yes, this small dark room with no windows, with a beautiful table, with a a very adorned black tablecloth and all of the portraits of, quote, the mayor. Yes. End quote. (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, fabulous. I think there is a single small overhead light that's casting just the tiniest little bit of light. You step forward and take a seat at this desk with the ornate black cloth. And from beyond the light, you see two white-gloved hands reach forward, and they're holding a massive ledger. And they gently set it down on William's side of the table and sort of flip through. And you can see just all of these notations with different people's names and numbers. And just from from reading upside down and sort of what you can see as William quickly flips through, it's almost impossible to tell the algorithm or shorthand or whatever he's using. But finally, he arrives at your name and you can see he jots down a few notations and says, A reading. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yes, please. William. The William. I shall make note of your debt. And he makes a few like very aggressive jots, which don't seem like they're letters at all. And then he closes the book and sets the quill in an inkwell by the desk and removes the ledger from the table. He splays out a series of bureaucratic forms. And Hannah. Yes. Why don't you hit us with this bureaucratic tarot reading? All right, we've decided I'm just going to do one card draw to keep things simple. And Tio, again, what is your question before I select a card? It's either how do we build a bus stop or where can we build a bus stop? All right, let's see what the cards are telling us. We have drawn the lovers reversed. Uh. (laughs) your partnerships are not harmonious or easy something is out of sync here so what you need to do is determine whether your partnership has the same level of commitment to your goals or if you need to jump ship and do this on your own so i think when you are asking how do we build the bus stop is you need to figure out if you've got a team (laughs) that will support you in this journey or Claire if you need to do this alone. I think William with his white gloved hands splays out a series of intricate bureaucratic forms and they begin filling themselves out before you, Claire. And I think they actually start to swirl around like a little miniature tempest on the table and William intones... The formation of a bus stop requires physical assets. A metal pole. A metal sign. Inscribed upon the sign. Route number. Bus location. And the official seal of the Somewhere Transit Authority. 
These physical assets mean nothing, however, without the essence of a stop. A stop requires willing passengers, a crowd to draw the bus's attention. Place the flag, summon your crowd, and the bus will stop. This has been your reading. Consider yourself a customer served. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, uh, thank thank you, the William. And William, in fact, takes a giant stamp and stamps the top of a large stack of papers which have been completed and await your signature, <laughs> and pushes it towards you. You can see his hand and his arm, in fact, move into the light as he does this, although the rest of his body does not. And you can see that white glove just goes all the way up his arm. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I think I I nod and I bow. And then I take my papers and leave the room, never once turning my back on William. Probably for the best. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just bow repeatedly on your way out. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On my way out, before you're allowed to leave the customer service department, I think you are first required to fill out a customer service survey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, do with this as you like. I think I'm setting something up for a future endeavor, but I would say that on a more dicey roll, that survey can literally age you with how many questions it has on it. I don't think it does that to me this time, given how I rolled, but I'm just going to plant that seed for later. Okay. Yeah, a review, a review of your interaction with customer service is a pretty funny debt for using it as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how William keeps track of you. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, you back slowly out of the customer service bureau, William's white-gloved hands resting perfectly still upon the table. And just as you turn the corner, he reaches over and presses a button on his desk, and you hear echoing through the hall, now serving. Zero, 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 two, zero.